1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little... Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. In 1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant and the world was introduced to the beautiful game people might yet win it here for world flashing the shot what a goal Bully's the hero again and a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago this is the 77 club Hello and welcome to episode 236 of the 77 Club. Oh. What did I say? What no, 236. Did, is that right? Did yeah, but right? you didn't say Harry start with the socials. That threw me off. Oh, Harry start with the socials. I, I do apologise. Yes. I thought I'd said some stupid number then. Carry on. Yeah, I think you did. No, uh, yeah, the Wall 77 Club on Facebook and Instagram at 77 Club Podcast and Twitter. Please rate us five stars on Spotify because it does help the show. Because um, we only have four listeners, we want to get up to six. So if you rate it five stars, that might help. <laughs> and please subscribe on YouTube. Uh, Mr. Daniel Bayless is here. Hello. Um, so, Harry, we have to start off with the Liverpool game. Um, I was having a lovely time with the missus in Worcester on Saturday. Harry goes, oh, you're around for a beer at Worcester Music Festival. Thought, yeah, why not? Come come along for a few. Um, we were out until whatever time it was. I, I was sick on the floor. And then Harry took the mick massively. 
And then it transpired that Harry was also sick all over my living room. Uh, <laughs> that was the next day. So I have to say that I have now thrown away the duvet, of which the last person to be sick on it was Jack, which was before oh. the game, uh, which was Chelsea at home last year. So none of my friends are allowed around my house ever again. I feel like I'm 15 years old again. It's gone full <laughs> circle just to get that out of the way. Um, right, Harry, we'll start with Liverpool at home. We didn't really expect very much. Mystic Sam, I spoke to This Is Anfield last week, and I think my, my finishing line of that article um, for Henry over there was along the lines of, I haven't seen much of our new signings to suggest that we can score more than one goal. I reckon Liverpool will win 3-1. Wow, you are Mystic Sam. And there must be something in the water at yours as well for me and Jack to be sick on your bed. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, well, first of all, we all thought we'd lose this fixture. We did lose. But I was pleasantly surprised with one, the starting lineup, and two, our first half performance. And three, Wangi Chan has scored three goals, which has already matched last year's tally and already halfway to being our top goal scorer matching last year. So they're the positives. Obviously, this is going to be a very negative discussion. Game of two halves, that's the cliche. We'll get onto that. But yeah, that first half performance, we needed to score more than one goal. Cunha misses a sitter, like absolute howler. But the positives were was Bellegarde, the new lad, and Neto were unbelievable at times. And we needed to take advantage of the fact that Trent Alexander-Arnold and Van Dijk wasn't in that Liverpool team. That was a big chance to take points off them. We all know what happened. Good starting lineup from Gary O'Neill and good first-half tactics, but I'll let uh, Bayliss bring out the PE teacher lines and smash him now. So there we go. <laughs> Just before we do get onto that, I mean, I, I think we all did make that comment, didn't we, about Bellegarde, I think. He he was just a breath of fresh air. Somebody, you know, they got the ball in midfield, looked up and went forward. Some absolutely brilliant driving runs in that first half. Dan, I think he ran out of steam a little bit towards the end. Obviously, still has a lot of adapting to the Premier League to do, but there's certainly a really, really good player in there. Yeah, as a raw talent, he looks absolutely superb, doesn't he? I th- I, it was 45-minute sort of masterclass in how to pressurise a top side and get them rattled. And then 45 minutes of the year seven PE class. So, <laughs> Mr. O'Neill strikes again. Now, I, I want to talk about finishing. And I think it's very, very easy to, own, to, to have a go at Foson or have a go at Gary O'Neill or have a go at whoever. But when a, a cross like that, Harry, comes from Neto and Cunha is caught in two minds whether to volley it or head it and he just smashes it with his bell end you just think we're on a road to nowhere here you know Gary O'Neill it's not his fault that he can't make a split decision you know this, this guy's meant to be a striker or a forward at the very least He's he should not. be absolutely burying that chance oh man it's just like you said a brilliant balling by Neto who was probably our man of the match and he just jumped early it was so weird I don't know, like he's just not a natural finisher, is he? But what I will say is he made some fantastic runs throughout the game again. And I think you've got it. I know everyone keeps saying it, but it's true. He is the striker version of a Dharma Traore. Yes. He's got them amazing runs, but no finish. And I know he scored a good header away at Palace, but that meant nothing because the game was already lost. But when it matters, if he scores that goal, that's the difference between getting a result anyway. We might not have won the game. We probably, you know, we're more likely to get a draw, aren't we, or something like that? Because Liverpool, we're always going to come back. But that goal would have been a huge difference to that game. I know, I know everyone's like a genius in hindsight, but it would have been. We'd have had a two-goal lead to protect. And, you know, we'd have been a bit more confident. And you could tell, everyone could tell, that because we only scored the one goal, 
it was all on Liverpool then. And, and it was just, you just knew what was coming. Everyone knew what was coming second half, especially how hard they worked as well. They were all knackered second half as well to go with it. Bayliss, which of those subs do you not look? Because eight Nori goes down when it comes on and you go, okay, well, that's pretty much like for like possibly a more defensive substitution. Um, this is at 1-1. Uh, Lamina goes down, Traore comes on and you think, yeah, okay, status quo. Huang goes off, Doherty comes on. I don't really get that. That, that brings the imbalance. Belgarde, I think he, he went down as well. Tommy Doyle comes on for his debut and you go, okay, that's pretty much a like for like one as well. And then Cunha goes off for Fabio Silva. I mean, what what did you want to see instead of those to, to make the game go in a different much, direction? I don't think it's as much that, although there were some questionable ones in there. I think it's more the way Wolves address the game. You know, every game I've watched now, second half, he, he drops to sort of a 45 press. And you think, and every team goes, right, come on, then we'll have a go at Wolves now. And every time they've pretty much scored, except Everton, who should have scored two <laughs> and didn't. So and actually, the, the, the man on that day that saved the day was Jose Sarr. And, you know, that, I mean, come on. I mean, what's he doing? But I think the pressure was built. It was a terrible decision by him, but the pressure was built before that. Because we invited them on so much. We had oh, we had 40 minutes to try and play football against the top side with 11 of our players behind the ball, all 40 yards in front of our goal. It was never going to happen. They were always going to get through eventually. If we'd have kept pressing and keeping them rattled until, fair enough, we might have run out of seam and still lost it 3-1. But at least it would have been more entertaining than watching Wolves just capitulate again. Because what seems to happen, right, is Wolves come out well. We play this decent tempo, attacking football, and you think this is quite exciting, this. And we can't take our chances, maybe we take one. And then the other manager goes, I'm going to make a tactical change here, whether that's a player or how he's playing the game. And then Mr. O'Neill looks at his stopwatch and his whistle, and he goes, not a fucking clue here, boys. And that's the end of the game. And it's happened week after week, and it'll probably happen again next week. Like, and the Cunha thing, just to go back to the Cunha thing, so I had a point to make on it. Scoring goals isn't about how good you are or your ability. Scoring goals in any sport is an art form. You've either got it or you haven't, genuinely. No matter where you are, you know where the ball is, you know where the goal is, and it's part instinctive, part art form. He has not got that. I've seen plenty of strikers come and go, and you can see the ones that have. Normally you'd say though levels, you, but... you'd normally say that you know the, the top strikers are always in the right place at the right time. He seems to be in the right place at the right time, and then makes the wrong decision. That's where it mm. becomes the art form, right? A really top striker will get in that position, and they don't care if it comes with their knee, their toe, their nose, or their head. It's going in the goal. Whereas that yeah. bloke went, shit, this could come off anything, and <laughs> fluffed it. This could come off my nose and my toe or my knee. Or... <laughs> but then on that, though, because yeah. we're on strikers, then he brings Fabio Silva on for him and he couldn't trap a bag of cement. He couldn't hold the ball up. He didn't look like I mean, scoring he was terrible. at all. He was so bad. When does it come to the point where he should just be really down the pecking order and Sasha Kalajic goes to the top? Because yeah, our strikers ain't doing it. Our so-called strikers, Cunha and Fabio. I mean, Cunha's had good like performances in terms of his runs. But then he's finishing where it matters, hasn't been up to scratch. So he's got to play in almost a 10 role and run yeah. them. He's got to, he's got to he drop back. Or even go on the wings, Bayless, I think. Even if you put him either side of Sasha or something, couldn't you? Or just like you say, number 10. I think that would suit him much better because we can't rely on him to score goals. There's no way. I know when it comes to um, when it comes to Fabio, I know we've had a good laugh and a joke about it, right? But all of us could run round for 15, 20 minutes. 
We could. You got you got you got to start calling this out before, like after the the charity game, Dan. Where like you're, there's going to be eagle eyes on every single movement that you make. But I I can still guarantee you that I will run you anyone all of you lot off the park. Right? I can run about. Any idiot can run about, just like <laughs> Fabio does. Like, Harry, we're going to bring you in there. I've got to bring you in there. Well, the last time Baddy said all this, he played in the charity game at Molyneux. First cross he put in, he needed to put the clock off the South Bank. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. still offered more than Fabio Silva because I just but ran, ran about. You ran about. You ran about. But um, I, I just want to uh, talk about uh, another positive, Sam. Sorry. First half, I'm going to concentrate on first half again. I thought Aitnor hey, did well against Salah again. So it weren't we actually defended well. Like any time Liverpool went forward, I know towards the end they had a bit of a flurry. But we actually defended all right first half as well. It's just so mad how different it was second half. Can't believe how much it changed. And it was tactical and it was because they were knackered, I think. But at least Gary O'Neill went for it, but it kind of backfired. He like blew his load early no, he, with the tactics. He didn't. He did exactly <laughs> the same there. as he did against a Crystal Palace or an Everton or a, any team in the league. You can't do that against the top sides and get results. The way we've got results against like... Oh God, name some of the great ones we've had. There's been loads of them, but... Man we've United, played that aggressive, yeah, yeah, Man United, all those. We've played that aggressive style of football mm. that keeps you in the game. Dropping back ten yards off the halfway line is not a way to win a game against top sides because they're just too good. They will you, get chances <clears throat> and they punish you. You're not worried, me, Bayless. Is in his quotes oh. after? Do you hear his quotes after saying that no, goals always come late in the second half? I'm not worried about it. He was like, I'm not worried no about shit. us conceding so many late goals second half. That's just, he was just like, that's when they come. No, it's because tactically, you're doing something wrong and you're making a sit back. We conceded two late goals against Brighton. Well, early second half goals against Brighton. Two second half goals against Palace to lose the game. And then we've done it again against Liverpool. It's three games now where we've conceded two quick goals to lose the game. Something's going wrong there tactically. And it's, it's got to be on him. Potentially. And I think on, on the Fabio point, you know, I, I, I did say... At the beginning of this season, I would be judging him at the end of it. It's not have a go at him. You know, he's still 21 years old. I think he does need to go down the pecking order. That seems to have happened now. Um, I think he's he's had a, a run of games where he's had a chance. He's taken his chance probably only really against Blackpool. There's been nothing to really suggest that he, he's done it. But, you know, if he wasn't scoring, you know, if he was missing the chances and wasn't doing it against Blackpool, you go, OK, there's a problem there. But obviously he has got a level and he's still very, very young and he's got a lot of learning to do. Can I, can um, I answer Richard's question? What was Richard's question? <laughs> Bayless, can you play as a striker? If so, put the shirt on and give it a go. Uh, it's okay. an extra large Wolves if you want to send one. <laughs> I'll, no, I'll be dead straight honest. I am god awful with my feet. But... Well, that, that is a drawback with football. <laughs> I'll tell you what. <laughs> you know, I could do all the legwork that Fabio does. And... I hope when we go to this modern new thing, they'll you be could... like, right, can we, do a, can we do a fitness test? Let's see how fit you are. That's really it. Do the bleep test. Bayless, right. you're talking out your art. You are not as fit as a Premier League footballer. <laughs> I know you're like, you know, I'll get your points, but come of on. Of course I'm not, but I could still run around for 15 minutes. <laughs> Fabio <laughs> Silva don't have 18 points on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> exactly. Now, if he could do after 18 points on a Saturday, then we can have a conversation. Now, the part in the game that I really did enjoy was when um, Neto Harry sent Joe Gomez for a hot dog. Uh, absolute Megs. Um, but another, a, a bit that I think really, really pissed me off, actually. I, I don't think the referee had a brilliant game either, um, which was when I think it was Lamina um, got done for, a, a like I think, probably the softest foul I've ever seen. And I think he was through on goal with, uh, I'm not sure Fabio, who it is, it? look at that picture. Was it Fabio? Uh, almost mm. a two-on-one situation. Very, very soft. And, and again, just could have changed the game. Yeah, that was frustrating because a similar sort of tackle happened on Dawson, I think, like a similar mm. sort of thing, and he let it go. 
So a bit of an inconsistency there, but we're used to that with referees. But yeah, that was that was probably like, did we have another chance in that second half? I can remember Samedo shout for handball, but that would have been a big chance. And I, I was, I couldn't believe he pulled that up. That's one of them. You let go if we score, then check VAR because that's one of them. It's fifty-fifty, and you just give it straight away. So annoying that was. Yeah, yeah. just. I think credit to Liverpool, though. I mean, because like Harry said, without Trent, without Van Dijk, and also. Uh, a team that's very, very much in transition. They lost Firmino, they lost their captain, obviously, in Henderson. Fabinho went, and obviously he pulled a lot of strings um, away there last year. And I suppose it would you would normally say a good time to play them, but obviously, Harry, they're, they're, they are quite high up the league and they're, they're performing well. They're, they're digging out results. And it did feel, didn't it, like it was almost coming. And, and I think losing the engine room in the way that we did, obviously, Lamina and Belgar going off at, at similar times just sort of like really took the heart out of the team. Yeah, my, my, like we said, everyone knew at half time they were going to come out much better. The Diaz substitute made a difference. Then obviously Darwin, Nunes and Elliot coming on was a big difference. And Gary O'Neill tried to react to it and he got it wrong. Simple as that. He brought Doherty on to try and shore it up down the right. That didn't. That did nothing. I don't think he did react to it. There was he no... did because he made subs not long after, didn't he? But a lot of it was through, through fatigue because Lamina was knackered. Uh, Jao Gomez was knackered because of the shift they put in first half. So he did react to it. He just didn't react good enough. Or was it a, a genius move by Klopp? But like we said, they couldn't get any worse. McAllister was shit for them. Bloody Neto tore Gomez an absolute new one down the left. So they had to change that about a bit. And it worked. And they just dominated the second half. Neto, I didn't even see him touch the ball second half. Because uh, he's Neil, never got it. Neil in the comments made a point. Is, is Sasha still injured? Um, obviously, he was on the bench the weekend Dan but I think it would have been the, the perfect game for him you know almost a, a makeshift centre-back a little bit or, or an inexperienced one sort of a, a, a continuous level for Liverpool which is Joe Gomez um, he just offers something a little bit different and the way that Neto was playing and the way that he was whipping in balls left right and centre you just think you just need the big man in the box yeah I, to be perfectly honest I second half I could see no way of Wolves really doing a hell of a lot because they were so deep unless you absolutely slapped it up to the big lad, hope that he could hold off some world-class footballers for the minute it takes the rest of them to get up the pitch and then create something. So, hmm. no idea. I know, I know you've already mentioned it, Sam, but yet again, arguably, Jose Sarr has cost us a result with his clangor. Because obviously, he was coming, the, the, the winner was coming, but that spoon out literally gave Liverpool that Robertson goal. It, that was yeah, coming, though. It was and, coming. It was, it was coming, but it was still a mistake. Oh. It was 1-1 on the 85th minute, and he, and he does that, spoons it out. Is his pitching wedge out? I know. Isn't it? It's, 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 the thing is, we'll be sat here next week going, oh my God, he's pulled off a world, worldy save against Luton and we've come away with a, a result. And I think it, it gets to the point sometimes where you have to say, do you need a changing goalkeeper? I think changing the goalkeeper is a big deal. Um, but I don't know what you think about that though, Harry, because if you look at someone like Arsenal and Arteta was sort of having to answer questions on uh, Raya coming in for... Ramsdale and saying that, you know, no one says anything when I leave Jesus on, on the bench. He's, he's won more trophies than me, etc. We do look at goalkeepers in a little bit more of a, a different way. And I think that's the right thing to do. Um, but do you think you can you can rotate goalkeepers? Yeah, but the thing is, it's been going on for far too long. Yes, he had the best performance I've ever seen him have at Everton. But in every other game this season, he's made a huge mistake at some point in the game. And for me, he should be dropped for Bentley. He should have been dropped for Bentley towards the end of the season, which he was for the Everton game. But then, unfortunately, Bentley made a mistake. So, 
hopefully if Bentley comes in, he can, he can step up because he was a bit dodgy against Blackpool as well. He had a few shaky moments. I went to that game. But Saar can't keep getting away with these clangers. He can't use his feet. When he tries to boot it out because he can't pass it short, he does that and gives them a goal. So he just needs a bit of time out or something just to get his head back together because, yes, he has an amazing performance at Everton. We've said it, save of the month. But Jesus Christ, he's alive. I disagree. At the moment. I think when you're in a position that's always has that focus on it because one mistake is normally a goal and you're playing half of a game every single week. So half the time you're under scrutiny, you're under complete pressure by the opposition. You're going to make clangers. If you went into work every day and from midday until you left at five o'clock, your boss is all over you, hammering you, you're going to cock up. And that's what he's got as the Wolves goalkeeper because we give up. Well, we don't give up at half time. We just don't know what to do in the second half. The manager hasn't got a clue how to set his team up to either defend a lead or to keep it going. So that mm. poor bloke is having half of his life, if not more, totally under pressure. He didn't he didn't do a hell of a lot of wrong, other than the fact that he tried to tussle he with him, didn't he, when he kicked it? He shouldn't have done it. But he's had he's had people all around his box continually for ten minutes, fifteen minutes straight. He just wanted to get the ball out. Yes, it's so a wait. clanger. And he's under scrutiny, and so he should be. It is a clangor. But you have to appreciate, Wolves are putting him under so much pressure by sitting off and letting teams come at us. We did it against bloody Crystal Palace. They are not world beaters, and they pissed us because we let them come at us continually yeah, for the whole time. But Bayliss, against Crystal Palace, first half, we were on top <laughs> dominant, and he had that moment of madness where he just tried to pass it to Gomez. Uh, Richard Archer Review Don't. says, my boss is a fit female. She can be all over me all day long. There you go. Oh, um, Lucky you. Um, I think I take your point, Bayliss, but you were saying exactly the opposite if there's pressure on someone like Semedo for the last three mm. years, for example. You know, that that's his job. I think it's different with keepers. He should it's, be. It's different with keepers. It's different Why? with keepers. Because a keeper makes one mistake and it is... Oh, I dread to think what the percentage is, but it's goal time, right? And that changes a game. Whereas if you miss a tackle as a right back, they've still got to do a lot of work to go in and score from there. If you miss a chance as a striker like Cunha, so what? Get the next one. We're, you know, we're asking if, him to if, get dropped. We're asking him to get dropped by this. Fabio Silva scored one goal against Blackpool. Sars had one good performance in every other game. He's done the equivalent of missing an open goal about four times, I mean, which is a clang. You're right, you're right about Silva. If Silva was a goalkeeper, he might as well be sat three yards up the North Bank because <laughs> he isn't doing anything. But Cunha still deserves his chance, in my opinion. Maybe Man, not a centre forward, but you know Cunha I is a love... good player. He creates games. You know, I love a stat uh, and the other 14 posted on Twitter um, the most shots um, of goalkeepers in, in the 14, obviously, outside the top six. Sar is on the, it's fifth on the list with 22 saves. Uh, top is Ariola at West Ham with 26. Um, he's conceded 10 and that's the same as Fulham. So I think, you know, the stats are there in that he's making a difference. But like, like Harry says, if you're going to, if you're going to have that mistake in you and it ultimately ends up losing out on it, on what I would have, I would have probably taken a point out of that game. I think it probably would have been a fair result. And then that obviously get taken away from us. So I think we've got to look at Luton. Uh, we were sat here beginning of the season or sort of after the first game against Man United thinking where our first point's going to come. Harry, we've got three on the board. We've had them on the board for a couple of weeks now. <laughs> um, and we were looking at this Luton game and going, you know, if, if Gary O'Neill doesn't get a win against Luton, there's a lot of people in the comment section, a lot of people on, 
Wolves Twitter and other social media saying that that he should go or that he will be done. Jack was here last week saying I think he's he's probably realistically done if he if he loses against Luton, maybe not the straight after the game, but you know that they seem to be. I wouldn't call them the whipping boys of the league, but obviously they are on zero points so far. Uh, Fulham only really just edged past them last time out, which was at Craven Cottage. But would you make any changes this time around? Well, Neil's put in the comments, <clears throat> Wolves cannot play a back four. I do agree, but we're going away to Luton, who are pretty much in the Premier League for a visit for a year. Let's be honest. They might, they literally signed Giles and nobody else, for, to my knowledge. I think they got, um, who's the old Everton midfielder on a bloody free, didn't they? That's about it. Ross, Bar- Ross Barkley. Yeah, but this game is a must win already. Yes, we've got a win against Everton, but... As I said the other week, we're just below par. I think we should we need we should have got a draw at Palace or a draw against Brighton or Man United, whatever. You know, four points at this stage I'd have took a look at the fixtures at the beginning of the season. But this game is a must win. With Man City and Villa to come up for the international break. If we don't win this game, the pressure is so big on O'Neill. But if we play like we did first half against Liverpool, we can beat them easily. They are shocking. I watched them again, I've watched them once this season against West Ham. They they lost two one. But they were just sat back. They hold on for dear life. They whack the ball out to Giles and they each tries to whip it into the big man or they go long. Let's just hope our defence can deal with it. Fingers crossed. You know what I mean? Jesus Christ. But we've got the quality to really punish these. If we don't go there and win convincingly, I really do fear for Gary O'Neill if we don't get a result for the next three games after it as well. I really do. I think it's catching on in the comments section with Bayliss. Uh, Nightwish Army UK says if we, if we get rid of the PE teacher... Um, we're back in the same position of having a new manager with no time to settle in, which I think is why it was important to get the right person or at least an experienced manager for the job in the first place. But I don't think anyone's really particularly impressed with him. See, I disagree with that position. If, right, we know he's out of his depth. We're all pretty conclusive that he's not really up to it. If we lose Saturday at Luton away and you get rid of him, there are then three difficult games where he would get hammered anyway most likely. So the time that someone comes in isn't going to make a hell of a lot of difference anyway. Now, fair enough, he might get a stay of execution. Luton are no great shakes. But if he does the same thing again and we hold on for a 1-0, is that good enough? Because it's just... I don't know, what is it? What's the definition of stupidity? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result? Isn't that like psychotic or something? Something along those lines. Those lines. Oh, I know it's a it's a it's a you get what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You get what I'm saying. So if we go out, play really well, get up at half time or nil nil or whatever, and we just about get over the line, but he's done the same thing, right? Second half shocking, no shots, drops in forty yards off. What do you do? Because we can't keep playing that way. That is how you end up in a right mess. I think so, that's true. Um, for anyone watching on YouTube, um, Harry is a bit blurry and looks like he did to yeah, me. Yeah, I don't know why Saturday that's happened. Um, I don't know why that's happened, to be honest. <laughs> do you, do you, would you make any changes, though, Dan? I think I'd have to give Doherty a go and try and get some more attacking presence down one of the sides. Yeah. Um, I like Bellegarde. I think Huang's got to start at the top. I've oh, got to. Neto the one side and maybe give Cunha a go out wide. Yeah, I know. It's a difficult one, isn't it? But I don't know. We're just such a... We are just the literal definition of a game of two halves. And it's 
it's so difficult to pick a Wolves team based on what you see one minute to the next. You know, That's true. Cool oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Roden0707 says, I think we can play a back four, but Dawson needs to come out and put Big Bueno a go in the back four. I think I agree. Four. I think which, I agree. Which, because which, which, although Kilman's had a few... Um, yeah, obviously, Santi, the new lad. Um, we ain't going to have a left-back Bueno centre-half. Uh, yeah, I think Dawson has really struggled at times this season. And because he was so good last year, I think people just don't even put in their head he needs dropping. But he has struggled at times for me. So has Kilman, don't get me wrong. But if Dawson carries on, he surely his place is up for grabs as well. Because although when we were defending for our lives, he's brilliant. He's he's like, you know, yeah. old school, clear as well. But when, once we step up a bit and they've got the high pressure, anyone runs in behind, Jesus Christ, you know what I mean? It's like watching me run after about 15 points on a Saturday night. So <laughs> I can see Santi Bueno um, maybe getting in if he's fit. I don't know what his fitness is. You know what I mean? So we'll see. A, a weird one was um, no Gonzalez as well. Um, I think he, he made the bench, didn't he, against um, against Palace, yeah. and then and didn't make it against Liverpool. And obviously, the the new signings taking precedent over that. Uh, Belgard had been very good in training, according to Mister O'Neill. Um, Tommy Doyle, do you reckon there's a, a place in in the lineup for him, or do, do you think that Gomez, Lamina, Belgard? partnership is is the one that I think yeah I, I think because of that first half performance against Liverpool it probably will be that midfield again um I know Huang went off with a knock so it'd be interesting to see what he does with the front three I think go four three three again it worked didn't it attacking wise first half so go with that again uh, yeah just take your pick who'd you put in for Huang I don't know maybe put Cunha out on the wide and put Sasha for the middle maybe and Nathan Fraser is apparently officially joined the first team. Uh, he wasn't even on the bench on Saturday either. So I, th- I think it just shows what a little bit of a rut we are in with strikers, Dan. Yeah, we're knackered, aren't we? I think... Oh, well, I don't think he's going to get his go, is he? They just put him into the first team for a bit of competition and he might play in the Carabao Cup or whatever. But He scored in the Carabao Cup. He did score in it. And he scored a Wildy. <laughs> no, but did you see his goal in the Johnson Paints Trophy against... Was it... Knox County, absolute bullet finish yeah, that was. Um, let's do a score or maybe a, a lack of score prediction, Harry. It is written in the stars, Luton 1, Wolves 4. <laughs> the four ones made an appearance again. Oh, we are we are back to a full circle. Uh, Bayliss? I'm not as confident, but I think 2-0 Wolves. Two nil. That's confident. Uh, oh yeah, I'm going to go for two one. These are desperate three points. We said, like I said at the beginning of the season, I think as long as you perform well against the promoted sides, which looks like it could be the case this year, uh, as they're all on zero points, um, then you know it's the the odd win picking up here and there through the end of the season. Seventeenth place, go again. Uh, let's get the latest betting odds with Bayliss. Yeah, uh, I've only had a quick look. Unfortunately, I didn't have much time for it, so I've done a few scorecasts. And a little bit of a bet builder. Everyone's been quite positive, right? I think you've got to win this one, so you've got to be positive with it. Yeah, yeah. Wolves to win. Belgard to score in 90 minutes. Over nice. 10 corners in the game. And Neto to get an assist. 37 to 1. Ooh. Good value. Potential in that. Yeah, yeah like reasonably that. good value. 2-0 uh, Wolves. Cunha to score first, because he's got to take a chance eventually. <laughs> 40 to 1. 
Okay. Um, Sam, I did you a two-one. Neto yeah. to score first is boosted on Skybet eighty to one. Oh, that's nice. Ooh, that's a big one. He might wick it across, say, yeah. and everyone might miss it. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's your lot. I didn't do that many. I mean, that's okay. We'll keep it positive. We'll enjoy it's that. Pretty, it's pretty tight in the betting odds. I think. Have a look around. We're at favourites, aren't we? Stuff, oh yeah, by a mile. Yeah. Those, yeah, those we're still the right side of even. We're still the right side of even money. So there's value. Mm-hmm. Um, just before we uh, hand actually back over to Bayless because he had something exciting in the post. Um, Harry just popped up at the beginning of this and went, oh, I've got a, I've got a question that I want to ask on the podcast. Uh, Harry, I'll, I'll, I'll hand over to you. Yeah, I'll just forks, you know, a bit of a, bit of a filler. If people in the comments can give their answers too. It's quite an interesting one. If you had to pick one Wolves player, past or present, who's your favourite player of all time, who would it be? It's a great question. And I think oh, it's really difficult, isn't it? Because I, I do have very rose-tinted glasses when it comes to the McCarthy era. Um, but the person mm, that I wanted to I wanted to look like, tried to do my hair like him. I was, you know, I've got fucking curly hair trying to straighten it and have highlights because I wanted to look like Andy Keogh. And that is, he is he was my favourite Andy player. Keogh? You know? Andy Keogh, yeah. Couldn't it to barn door? He's fitting the team now, wouldn't he? No, no, we're very similar. <laughs> what about you, Bailey? Ah. Uh... Logically, it has to be Neves just because of how unbelievable he is. But I'm like you, Sam, right? I'm thinking back to when we were at school, leaving school, had our season tickets in the South Bank. It has to be Ebags Blake. Yeah, good shot. That's a good The shout. goal at Charlton, I always remember. Oh, that. It, it just, yeah. It and some of the away game. days we had when we were when we were coming and back up, sort of those years when we won the league and stuff, on the running on the pitch when we got promoted. It's, yeah, it's got to be Ebax playing. I just before yeah. Harry does his, I, I think it's quite funny to see the, the the potential age of people in the comments and people are going for <laughs> yeah. John Richards, Dave Wagstaff. We've got Matt Jarvis, George Adar is in there. That is a blast from the past. Anyone that scores against Albion goes um, straight to the top of the list, obviously, unless you're Fabio Silva. Um, Harry, who is your pick? I've got a theory on this. I think most people's picks are from when they were a teenager. So you two yeah, have yeah. picked people from when you was a teenager. You just, it's like music. It? They said the music you listen to when you're a teenager stays with you. But I'm the same as Bayless. It's got to be Sylvan Ebax Blake for me. That's the first person that comes to mind straight away. You're only a year younger than us, you cheeky git. <laughs> no, but he is. <laughs> yeah, cheap, Grandpa. I think when, when I mean, Dan, Dan mentioned Neves, and I think, you know, I would never stop loving Raul, obviously, for what, what he did and, and some of those, you know, those European nights, especially. And in Turin, and scoring scoring goals for fun, um, you know, I don't think anything ever replaced that. But but I think Harry's right. You definitely have that 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 one when you were growing up, and you you know you're starting to go out, you're starting to drink and make bad decisions. Um, yeah, definitely. So I think um, you know, obviously, okay. loads of people in the comments have said bull, but they're all probably in their forties, and that was their yeah. Like it's yeah. not right for us to say bull. I no. probably saw him oh, a handful of times when I was a really young kid. So. Same. I saw his last yeah. hat trick. I was I was about seven or eight. Obviously, he's like I think he's against I think he's against Gillingham in like nineteen ninety eight in the League Cup. I remember that. But that's I about it. The quiz. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Let's hand over to Bayliss. A little bit of a backstory on this, Dan, because I'm not really sure what's happened. So we get contacted every now and again, 
uh, nice chap John reached out to us and said, I'm Please writing stop. a new Please stop what you're doing. Yeah, give, yeah. Up. <laughs> can you give up now. Uh, I'm writing a new quiz book. We were like, yeah, cool, great. And he's like, look, we'll send you a copy and um, use it for your quizzes. And if you can write us a recommendation, that'd be great. So I sat down with it and flicked through and I've made us a little quiz for this evening. But he was very kind. He also gave us another copy. So we're going to do a little Twitter sort of competition for someone to win a copy that we'll post out to you. Um, so I've written a quiz, five questions each. They are all from the book. It's not fixed. It's a mix of easy and hard, some slightly harder than others. Um, (laughs) to make sure you won't moan, I have numbered the set of questions. One and very efficient. I'm very impressed. He he does have two, two separate lots of questions Um, and they are numbered one and two. I can confirm. Harry as you were sick all over Sam's house, Sam gets to pick which set of questions he wants. Uh, Sam's got number well, one and number two. Well, as Harry was the second person that has now been sick in my uh, house, uh, I will go for two. Okay. And Sam got to pick. So, Harry, would you like to go first or second? Second. Like always. Cool. Do them alternately. First one isn't multiple choice, and then they do go to multiple choice. Sam. What were, all, what were Wolves originally called? Uh, St. Luke's FC. That is correct. Oh, I wouldn't have got that, by the way. Fair play. Why did you not? Played in red and white. No, no correct. Were it blue and white? Uh, Harry. When did Wolves join the Football League? Bates, you go on about me having questions like this. You come out with the old... <laughs> um, I'll go with... 18s. I'll just have to go with the year we were founded. So 1877. Oh, can I have a guess? Yeah. Can I go, go for? I, I've got 1886 in my head, but I don't know. You're, you're very close. 1888, which is the year football league started. Yeah. Oh. Um, they, there's a mix oh, of easy oh. and hard. They're all mixed up. Sam, back to you. Yeah. Who did Wolves rent the original modern new ground from? Was it? You've got four options. Wolverhampton Council. Northampton Brewery, Banks's Brewery, or the Earl of Sefton? <laughs> that, that's a great question. That is a great question. Oh, it's quite close to the brewery, but it doesn't really make any sense. I'm going to go for the council. No, it's actually Northampton Brewery. Is it? Wow. Yeah. It's a learning lesson. These are easy questions, these. Is it? Yeah. All right. Got P, you got PE next with Mr. O'Neill. <laughs> does it, does it, does it, they, they, some of them are a bit easier, I promise. Well, that's Harry. Good. I've never heard that question before. What year was John the John Island stand changed to the Steve Bull? Is it 2001, Ooh. 2003, 2005, or 2010? I've got to go 2001. Close, but you're not right. 2003. Wow, wow. the fucking Jay's still on it. <laughs> Sam, back to you. Yeah. Which of these Wolves forwards has the most goals for the club in the FA Cup? Andy Much, Steve Ball, John Richards, Dennis Westcott. Who? It's got to be John Richards, surely. Correct. King John. Look at the comments. Harry, 
Now, this one you're going to say is hard. I Weirdly, I knew this. My old man must have told me it many years ago. Which Wolves forward left the club to become a Jehovah's Witness? Oh, I know that Royce, one. Roy Swinburne, Johnny Hancocks, Peter Knowles or Mel Eves? Well, I don't think it's Mel Eves. Uh, I'll go with A. Whoever A was. Peter Knowles is the answer. It's Peter Knowles, yeah. I'm, I'm just laughing. <laughs> I'm laughing in the comments. Still chuckle, remember, still chuckle remembering back watching Harry and Bolero in Worcester. A nice bar. Sat there in his retro way top spewing all down the front of it. <laughs> Legend. <laughs> we we live for these little moments in between quiz oh. questions. Come on, we've got a couple I've more dis- to get I've distracted you. Sam, in which season were Wolves first promoted to the Premier League? 0102, 0203, 0304, 0405. It is 0203. Correct. No. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Promoted. 0304 in the Premier League. Oh, I thought it Winter, summer, autumn and spring. Harry. We got Mick any McCarthy. Yet? Yeah, there's a couple. Mick McCarthy yeah. won the championship in 2008-2009. But who was the top scorer that season? Doyle. Kitely, Uolumu, Ebanks Blake. It's got to be Ebanks Blake. Yeah. Doyle wasn't there, was he? Nah. Sam, your last question. I reckon this is the hardest one of the lot. That's what she said. <laughs> Wolf scored a record 115 goals in the 1931-32 season. <laughs> but who was the manager? <laughs> Jack Adambrook, George Joby, Major Frank Buckley or Fred Scotchbrook? It, it has to be Frank Buckley. It is Major yes. Frank Buckley. He was in charge for like 30 years, wasn't he? Uh, he was in charge for a long time, you. I know that. He was, yeah. All right, Harry, I reckon you'll get this one because it's your years. The most points that Wolves have scored in a single season when it's three points for a win and all that was 103 points. What year was it or which season? 0809, 12 13. 13-14, 17 18. So it was when we were in League One, wasn't it? So I've got to work out if that's B or C. <laughs> uh, uh, 13 14. Correct. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Very impressively, Sam takes it four out of five to two yes. out of five. Look at that. In 1822, who put on the wall strip for the first time? They they were very good questions, and most of them I hadn't actually heard before. So uh, I'm very impressed. Good with book. That quiz book. Good quiz book. Yeah, that is a good, it's book. good book. It's pretty thick as well. There's plenty of questions in it. Okay. There you go. Good girth. Bit Four stars. It actually Lovely. says, a really fun quiz book with a great mix of old and new questions. It kept us guessing for a few, and we can't wait to try some out on the podcast. So we've actually fulfilled our contractual obligation to read out the podcast. <laughs> Excellent. Right, okay. Well, look, we'll leave it there for another week. Uh, best of luck if you're going to, to Luton. Remember, it's right through the living room, up the stairs, and then you're onto the terrace. We'll say goodbye to Harry Mansell. Yeah, if you are going to Luton, try not to get chinned by Tommy Robinson. See you, everyone. No. Yeah, and, and Dan Bayliss. Yeah, keep an eye on Twitter. We will get a competition up soon. Lovely. And it's a goodbye from me. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. 
Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.